Welcome to the Greenhouse Podcast, the podcast dedicated to bringing you honest, real insights into building businesses from people who have done it too. I'm Jackie, and every week I'm going to be sharing the best bits from our speakers at Greenhouse 2021, as well as talking to people just like you. Small business owners, founders, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, freelancers, who are all going to be sharing the ideas that will help your business bloom. This episode's a little bit different. Throughout the series, we've shared clips from our Greenhouse 2021 speakers. And today I'm really excited to share with you a clip from a panel that we ran at the event where we had a number of really fantastic business owners talking about the realities of building their business. I was joined on the panel by Greenhouse speakers, Kate Wright and May James. Kate is the founder of the Diversity Network and May is a business strategist. And we were also joined by local business owners, Harriet Rouse from Harriet and Rose, Kit Shamier, the founder of True Food and Bond Street Health, and Kristen Morris, who is a serial entrepreneur. Right, let's hear from the panel. I think that as small businesses, we often think we're the only one, right? We're like, oh, this is rubbish, or this is really hard, or oh God, what about this? And no one else is going through it. Guarantee that everyone is going through it, 100%. And I'm sure these guys are gonna share some of the things today. Um, that'll make you feel a little bit less alone. And also, as you can see from the spread here, we've got a real mix of different types of businesses. So hopefully you'll have somebody on the panel that you think, oh, that's the kind of thing that I do or is a similar product or service-based business. One of my questions today was going to be, what, what do you think the biggest obstacle of doing your own thing is? And I think probably one of them is, well, you're on your own, aren't you? What do you think about that, Harriet? Have you got a, a view on the biggest obstacle, and it, I've just teed you up that it's that, but it might be something completely different. Big, biggest obstacle to starting your own business. Um, well, for you, what's been your biggest obstacle? Well, like Kate, I, I've got children, so I wanted to wait till, they need me a lot in other ways now. Um, they're 14 and 12. Um, so I wanted to wait for them to be the right age that I, and I, I've, I've said this before, having, starting your own business is is like, all-consuming and it's a really it's a brilliant thing to do but you have to be really selfish you have to be selfish and balls drop around me on a regular basis <laughs> as I'm pushing the business up the hill and um, so for me it was kind of time and making sure I could still be a mother and a wife and give a business my all um, and so I just I just had to wait but that was that was always the plan the plan we agreed as a as a couple and as a family that when the kids were at secondary school it was the time for me to do my business and um, I feel very lucky um, and through a number of jobs that I was quite bad at I realized <laughs> I, I realized that actually I suit being my own boss and I think that might be because I'm fundamentally unemployable and quite argumentative I think I am so. <laughs> that's why we get on <laughs> but actually I'm quite empowered as that now and I've had a long time of practice so it was the time and knowing that there would be huge compromises to my family life by doing it. I can see Kate nodding. What do you think your biggest obstacle has been? Um, definitely confidence and self-belief. Oh, interesting. Because when I, you know, I, I am my brand. I sell a service. Um, I haven't got anything to hide behind. And I had massive anxiety, massive imposter syndrome. You know, why would anyone want to buy this service from me? Which was ridiculous because I'd been doing very similar work, you know, in-house and, you know, I was really good at what I did and I never had any complaints. But when you're suddenly on your own and you haven't got that corporate to hide behind or a product to hide behind, um, it, it really slowed me down and actually really affected things like my pricing. Because, well, I can't charge that much. It's just me. Um, and, you know, that, that is a regret, actually. Um, 
Well, I bet May's got a view on that. Go on, go on, give us your view on it, May. I know you've got a view on pricing when people underprice themselves. No, I think it's such an interesting point that Kate brought up. Um, and if you will, I just want to circle back to the point about um, side hustle or full time or whatever you want to call it. I'd love to really make a point that it isn't full time is not for everybody yeah. and it shouldn't be kind of viewed as better to go full time. I have clients who have done both and are going back to a mix and they are so much happier and they have so much more of a work-life balance and they actually take home more profit. So I think it's really important to assess what's right for you because it's not for everyone and there's nobody to tell you which that is. I think it's a trial and error yeah. situation. Um, going back to pricing, yeah, pricing is like the biggest thing. I'd say like everybody here, 90% of you will probably need to like adjust your pricing strategy. Um, I do it Charge with everyone. And like Charge. everyone's like, really? I'm like, yeah, come on. And it's so impactful with your work, but really important. While you've got the mic then, what's been the biggest obstacle for you in starting? Because you've got two businesses mm -hmm. and another one on the way. Mm -hmm. It's like being pregnant, isn't it? Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Just keep popping out great. businesses. Um, for me, it would be network. I'll be very open and honest. I come from nothing. I, don't ha I didn't have any network. I knew nobody in business. None of my family have a business. I'm not privately educated. I didn't have anything that kind of helped me, if that made sense. It was very much like you start from the bottom and you've got to like every single day go for it. I try and make new connections all the time. It's still an issue. I'll not like pretend that it isn't like there's certain doors that I know are not open to me for various reasons, and I have to go and knock on them and say, hello, I'm here, like, okay. come in. And I think it's important to say that, because I think sometimes when you see people up here or you might speak and you sometimes think, well, it's fine for them, they've got this and they've got that, but I know for a fact there's so many of us feel like there's a lot of things that we aren't necessarily great at or have access to. That's such a good point. Even Greenhouse, you know, I was talking to the NatWest guys who've been amazing in sponsoring this. I went to 95 businesses for sponsorship for Greenhouse. NatWest said yes. Come on. Kate at Arbury said yes. Yes, she did. Kit over there said yes. True food. Everyone else said, no, thank you. Or worse, that effect. So, you know, I've got quite a good network. Doesn't mean they will show up for you, right? And if, I, if the first five had said no, and I'd gone, well, we're not doing it then, it wouldn't have happened. As it stands, they're on the blacklist and they never know. <laughs> I wanted to make a point as well, because Nancy was talking yesterday about six degrees of separation and how in Jersey there's probably only one degree of separation. So we're really lucky here. Like May's come from the UK to be with us for the last two days. But if you don't know someone, someone you know will know someone. So really think about that in the network. Kit, what about you? What's the, been the biggest obstacle for you in starting your also multiple businesses? Uh, so the, the interesting thing is when I came back from university, I started working in a gym, which was a Chateau-Vermont gym. A few of you might remember it. It's no longer in existence. Um, as their in-house nutritionist, and that actually spurred me on to realize that I could do this without them and do it on my own. So I was there for about um, seven months before I actually left there and set up on my own. So it was a bit of like a testing platform, but it was within that time that I realized that it would work, but in, people on the island needed to understand that there was an idea that you would go to a nutritionist and that you would see a nutritionist, because uh, at that time, there was only the dietitians at the hospital who were doing uh, the practice. And obviously, there was no one in private practice doing that. So the obstacle for me was kind of establishing that you would go there like you would go to your physio or like you would go to your psychologist. Um, and you would pay someone to kind of talk about your food and talk about your diet. And they would help you in that uh, area. And by the way, go see Kit because he sorted me out. So that's good. 
go, do go see a nutritionist. <laughs> what about you, Kristen? What do you think your biggest obstacle in kind of starting out has been? Um, I would say just kind of keeping the confidence up because I've tried a lot of different things, which I think has given me a lot of different experience like um, so that I can use to help my clients. Like I've started a um, technology company that didn't quite work out for whatever reason. I've started a children's clothing line that I put on the, um, you know, put on the shelf. So product-based business, you know, dealing with manufacturers in China and all the things that kind of go along with that. And if I was looking at it kind of from a big picture thing, I could have gone, oh, well, I'm just not good at this because I've I've had all of these things that I've tried and I've told everybody in my network that I'm doing it and then I failed at it and like what a loser just pack it in go get a job and don't like try it again but um I think you have to kind of look at every failure that you have in your business as a stepping block like a training um you know maybe trial by fire kind of a boot camp you know of like public humiliation, failure, and just go, okay, whatever, that didn't work, this is going to work, but still have the kind of, um, still kind of have the will to give it your all and go all in on it, because I think when I first started doing coaching, I was like, oh, I don't want to tell anybody, because if I don't decide, well, I don't want to do it, yeah. but to now go from that to be up here going, yes, I'm a coach, and I work with entrepreneurs, and, um, you know, uh, all the study and the education, the hours that I've put in to get to this point. Um, I think you, you have to just, um, you have to take it on the chin and just keep moving. I think, I think it's really interesting. We, we talk, me and Harriet talk about this a lot, me and Kate talk about it a lot, me and May talk about it a lot. We've not spoken about it, Kristen or Kit, but I'm sure we will at some point, is I think for me the biggest obstacle has been overcoming that, oh God, what are people going to think thing? Because it's really common, right? You think, oh God, what if it's shit? <laughs> And people go, oh, God, it's rubbish. And then what are you going to do? Now, you could have all turned up to Greenhouse and been like, this is crap. And that would have been quite upsetting. <laughs> like, very upsetting, actually. Not just a little bit upsetting. Um, but if you don't do it, you'll never know, right? And if you don't do it, it'll never be good. It can't be good if you don't try. So I definitely think that that's been the biggest obstacle for me, just being like, screw it. Let's just do it and see. And Jamie Lang talked about that yesterday, didn't he? He was saying, you know, you've just got to take the risk, see what happens. What do you think is your biggest strength in business? What do you think's helped you the most? Uh, enthusiasm. Yeah. As simple as that. It opens doors. I mean, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, what you're selling, um, you're never going to sell anything, are you? People can. People really feed off your enthusiasm. Um, I mean, even when I worked in house. I'm sure it was my enthusiasm that got me my first promote. You know, I was rocked up, smiled, and just got on with things and got quite excited. Um, and it, it opens doors. You, you've got to support it with, you know, some, some substance uh, once that door has been opened. But number one, enthusiasm, absolutely. I love that. Kit, what about you? What's the biggest skill that you think you've got, your strength that helps you most in business? The, the resilience, definitely, and... Um... The talk from Yolanda this morning was really good because it kind of reaffirmed that I am taking breaks myself and I'm like making sure that I'm not burning out and eight years in I'm still happy to kind of turn up with that enthusiasm like day to day and not feel like I need two weeks off to go and decompress. Yeah. Um, and also a bit of risk taking and knowing that I've just got to make decisions myself. There's going to be a bit of risk involved, but I've just got to crack on and what's the worst that could happen, which is kind of what Jamie was saying yesterday. He was obviously, I think, talking about doing probably bigger risks than I've ever had to do, but there's some levels for everyone that you need to take, and plowing on with them has actually ended up working out very, very well. 
Mm. May, what about you? What do you think your biggest skill you're bringing into your business is? Um, <laughs> how do I put this nicely? Uh, <laughs> trying to, well, hmm. the authenticity maybe. I'm very open and honest with people and that really, it connects with people and it's helped me grow at a rapid pace compared to a lot of people. Um, and that's the only thing I can put it down to is how like brutally honest, like if you ever go on my Instagram, I'm like a nightmare for marketers. Like if you, a marketing agent would be like, really, are you sharing all of this? Like the stories are really long. I'm like in no makeup, it's inconsistent. It's just chaos essentially. Harry's thinking, I do that. Yeah, it is, but it works. But it works for people both of you. People love it. So I have people like my stories can be so long and people are like, yeah, it's great. And people know that coming somewhere, there's going to be a disaster. So like the luggage didn't turn up. Half of the people on my Instagram were just like, oh, it's something that's happened. When I was in London two weeks ago, something else happened. Like, it just happens. And it's, it really adds to the brand, I think. And it makes people want to work. Like, people just come at me and they're like, want to work with you because you're normal. And I think people misunderstand, like, mis kind of value that. Like, it's really important. So if you can, I know it's not comfortable and it's not something that comes naturally to me. I've really had to work on it. It does pay off in the long term, but it's a long game. It definitely doesn't work like straight away but if you do it for like months and years really work it's interesting from a marketing perspective because i think like you said you're a marketer's nightmare <laughs> but actually the reality is marketing is not a science right true yeah some stuff you know i can say you should you know stuff like people like your instagram grid has to be beautiful no it doesn't i know people that have huge instagram followings who make an absolute shit ton of money and it looks like a five-year-old is running their Instagram. doesn't matter because it's not about that. It's about the content and how they put it across and the message there. You know, it's not... You could have someone that sends you emails that goes, oh, it has to be 200 words every Friday and other people are writing an essay once a month. But it's, if your audience like it, that's what they like, right? So it doesn't really matter. But I think, Harry, you probably have quite a similar strength, right? Do you want to share... What do you think your strength is? Oh. <laughs> um, I think I just crack on. Just getting on with it. I think... This is, this is my last business. This is the business that's going to take me. No, no, but this, this, is, gonna, no, no, but this is going to take me to retirement. This or an iteration of it. This is, this is where I've been trying to get to. I love what I do. I love my business. I feel passionately about it. So that's an amazing thing to think, right, this is, this is what I've been working for. It's happening. Yeah, so that's amazing. And I do, it's, but it's also probably my biggest weakness is that I just, I just like do it. <laughs> and so now it's coming to the point where I've got to hire people because I can't do six day weeks and then admin on a Sunday plus evenings anymore because I'm not at the eight year point where I'm having some sort of balance. There's no balance. I'm like, this is full on consuming. Um, so it's also a weakness because I'm now going to have to learn to delegate and trust people to do what I do. And I'm a bit like, mm. But I'll get there. That's next year. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I think just, just trying to do, to do me and to do my business and something it took me probably a year to, to be able to do was stop looking at what other people are doing. Stop looking at what other people are doing. People, people do sometimes do similar. People try and pitch me against other women in business and that really pisses me off because there's room for everyone as long as you do you. And so I work with my stockists. I look, I look for new stock and I, I try not to look at what other people are doing because if I'm authentic and not being inspired by or, or seeing, oh, they're doing that, so I should do it. Doing what I'm doing, and I have made some mistakes with stock, but not many. When I buy stuff that I believe in, with products that I believe in, from stockists that I believe in, then it, it normally works. And that I've just got to trust myself and just 
but also delegate a bit so I can have a holiday. I've got a question for our audience. Hands up if you religiously follow your competitors on social media and look at what they're doing. Go on, Megan's put a hand up. Thanks for being honest. Go on, yeah, come on. Everyone's doing it. I don't believe you if you say that you don't. I don't follow any of them, but occasionally I go in. Yeah, don't follow. Go, just like just dark go web. And go and have a look. Worst thing you can do for your marketing. Worst thing you can do for your mindset. Worst thing you can do, because you're not running their business, right? Um, if you're spending all your time looking at your competitors, you're not looking at your customers. So that's a good tip. Unfollow everyone that's not a customer. Just start looking at your customers because it's them you need to build it for. And you're doing that, right? And it's working. Kristen, what about you? What do you think your biggest strength is that you bring to your business? Um, again, I think just really loving what I do and um, being passionate about, you know, continuing the education and um, the personal work and development that's required to kind of create world-class yeah. um, service. Because I think um, someone said to me the other day, like, if your products and services aren't world-class, then you don't belong doing it, um, which I think was really kind of the a good thing to hear and a good benchmark to kind of strive towards. Yeah, to be the best that you can be, right? I think it's interesting, though, because it's that thing about, like... Um Everyone wants their thing to be the best thing, but you have to do it before it's the best thing. Otherwise, you'll never do any of it, right? So that idea of start anyway and then just get as good as you possibly can while you're doing it. What about your best bit of business advice? I'm going to come this way now to mix it up. What do you think the best bit of business advice you've ever been given is? Um, I always say that um, it is from somebody who said, always never be afraid to hire people who are better than you mm. in your business. Um, so we'll stick with that, but then also I think is um, a way to um, strategize in your business to find a way to make money where you're not having to trade all of your time for, for the money. Yeah. Because if you can find a way that you can automate things and to have, um, you know, say courses or digital products that you don't have to to involve yourself in every time, um, then you can make money while you sleep. And I think that's the best way to kind of grow um, without you know, burning yourself out. Yeah, no, 100%. Kit, what about you? Best bit of business advice? Can I just say I'm not doing any of that? Um, <laughs> and I'm not making money while I sleep. <laughs> and I just spoke to Kristen over there and I said, You're going to be like, right. What I need to do now. <laughs> but that's um, quite refreshing, right? Because this is the thing it's easy to sit on a panel and everyone be like, We should be doing this. And you're like, Well, I'm eight years in, two successful businesses, and I've not cracked that bit yet. And that's all right. No, yeah, no, absolutely. And it'd be great to make money while I sleep. <laughs> so I'll try and work on it. Um, I've had lots of advice over the years uh, from different places and everything's. Uh, kind of settled in at different points but I think the the best thing that I've had is that I've had different advice at different points which has made an impact mm. so I've been open to new advice at different stages of the business and the career and that's meant then I could then layer that on and take it to the next level so obviously when I first started fresh out of university came back home and started working taking on the advice that someone would have given me today I wouldn't have taken it as well and it might have tried to take me to a place that I wasn't ready to do. So it's been quite an organic uh, growth in that, in, in that sense. And it's been slow and steady mm. rather than trying to go for the, you know, the big bucks or the big fireworks too soon. I think that's ended up paying, paying off for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a long-term thing, isn't it, building a business? What about you, Harriet? Best bit of business advice? Um, I think because I'm retail, and obviously retail, especially during the pandemic, forced everyone online, and I was in, in a sort of... Having founded online, I was lucky 
in terms of that website was already set up where a lot, a lot of people suddenly had to had try to and it. switch from bricks and mortar. Um, but to, the whole point with retail is that you have to be better. Bricks and mortar, you have to be better than the internet. You have to offer service Get and you have to door. have an experience. If people want to just buy something, they can buy it cheaper online. Um, well, I try and price match, but <laughs> but fund, they probably could find it. Yeah, you can't be so Amazon. I, yeah, so I have to have to do that. Yeah. So be, for me, best business advice for me was be better, be better than the internet. To just be better, take that. No, but the, the, context, <laughs> the context is important. I'm going to get you a mug with that on for Christmas. Harriet, just be better. I would love, I would love that. You could make it for me. I'll buy it from you. Okay. There we go. We'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Fine. May, what about you? Best bit of business advice? Uh, for me, it was you have to spend money to make money, and that. I used to hate that. I used to find it like, oh, it's not inclusive and it's very, it feels very wrong. And then I realized the power of it. I see a lot of women who, and men, but because I predominantly work with a lot of women and I think it is a female trait, we are naturally scared of risk, a lot of people. And I have learned <laughs> to start taking a lot of risk, kind of like what Jamie was saying. And I've took a hell of a lot of risks that I potentially probably shouldn't have taken but it works in terms of financially. Like I've invested a lot, a lot of money and I just invest back into the business and everyone's like, really, why? But for me, it's like, I look at everything in a 10 year stint rather than what's happening now. And if some, well, someone did tell me that and I kind of half took it on board and I'm pleased because now I take it on board, even down to teams. I'm not even talking about, you know, investments in your website. To be honest, I, I know I shouldn't say this, but that's the least of your worries in my mm -hmm. opinion for investing in something. I'm talking about even team I will pay for you know, one of my team members, I pay them double the average rate from what they do, but they're really good and I want them. And there's certain things I've made decisions on that means my profit margin is massively affected, but it's also meant that the business and what we offer and kind of what we were touching on about being the best at what you do, there's people that do what I do and probably do it much better, but the client experience is something that's really important. And so for me, understanding that spending money does come back to you was huge and I know it's difficult and I want you to understand that I started with no money either so I'm not saying you need to go and get investment don't go and get investment if you don't need it I'm talking about I made a hundred pound and then I spent the hundred pound and then I made two grand and then I spent the two grand and it went from there and now I make big investments Kate what about you best bit of business advice um for me it was uh stop being so scattergun and be more focused love that um, Good bit of advice. Be, and be clear on what your offering is when I set up as an HR consultancy I thought well I can do any HR for any business and then proceeded to wonder why I didn't have any clients um, and then uh, somebody in a business network actually took me aside she obviously saw me sort of floundering and said you know what are you doing and she said firstly what do you want and what do you need right now so well I've got a baby so I can't be full-time on a, a really big corporate project for three months I need to work with clients that will let me work you know for a few hours a day or in the evenings or whatever it might be she said right okay so that's clear um and, and where's there a gap you know what, what have you got to offer and, and the gap was small businesses who don't have their own HR functions um, and it worked in terms of my needs. And as soon as I worked out who, what my market was and what my offering was or my USP or however you want to describe it, I was off. Because so I could just be so, I just stopped wasting time um, and, and be much more focused. So that, that was definitely the best advice I received. But it's so easy to try and be everything to everyone. Isn't yeah. It? I did it with Inkblot at the beginning. We do all marketing for all businesses. Not anymore, easy. we don't. It doesn't work. Because it doesn't work. Because yeah. then nobody knows if you're the right person for them. 
My best bit of business advice actually was always put it in the top. So my partner, used to say, he says it to me every week. He's like, who have you rang? What new business have you done? Like, who, where's the new clients coming from? Because when you get busy, like even this week with Greenhouse, I've still been ringing people up going, are we going to have that meeting? What's going on? May made me have a calendar where I ticked them off. It's important. <laughs> Always put it in the top because otherwise you get busy and then it gets not busy and you've got no pipeline and you're like, shit, where's the money coming from, right? So we have to make sure that we've got a pipeline in place. I wish I could have showed you that entire panel, but this episode would have been about two hours long. But before we talk a little bit more about that, I want to mention that the Greenhouse podcast is sponsored by Real Creative. Real help brands stand out with video first content. And I'm here right now in the Real Creative studios recording the Greenhouse podcast. I'm also really excited that they're gonna be supporting us with audio and video content for our 2022 event. So if you're looking for show stopping, scroll stopping video content, then go and check them out at keepitreal.co.uk. One of my questions to the panel was, what is your biggest strength in business? And it's an interesting question, right? How often do you think about what you're not good at, what you struggle with in your business, what's hard, what you could outsource? I think when you're running a business, very often we don't spend enough time thinking about what our strengths are, what we're great at, what we should do more of. So I'd love for you today to have a little think about your strengths, get a bit of paper and a pen and write them down. What can you do that nobody else can? What are the things that everybody comes to you and asks you about? What are the things that you're known for in your network? If somebody had a problem with something, what would they come to you for? Because if you can hone in on your strengths, then you're gonna end up doing stuff that is more fun, more creative, and also things that are gonna help your business move on quicker and move on better. Another really interesting point I thought that came out of that panel was something that Harriet said. She was talking about how she doesn't anymore, she used to, but she doesn't compare herself to other businesses. And I think that's another thing. When you're starting out, very often at the early stages, you look at what everyone else is doing. But when you're spending a lot of your time focused on your competitors or focused on people like you in other markets or focused on people that you think you should be like, you can get lost. It can mess with your messaging. It can make it hard for you to understand what your voice is and what your brand is and what you're good at because you're focused on them and doing the same as them or doing better than them or doing things differently to them. And the reality is those people aren't your customers. So my top tip today would be to unfollow your competitors. Spend more time getting to know your customers, getting to know the people that are going to buy from you, getting to know your network, getting to build relationships with people that you can collaborate with rather than worrying about who's better or who's different. Um, because in the long run, that's not going to help you build your business. It's just going to give you lots of sleepless nights. If you want to get involved in the Greenhouse community, I'd love for you to head to Greenhouse Jersey on Instagram, where you can find out loads more about us. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking of the podcast. And if you've enjoyed this podcast today, please leave us a review. They really, really do help. Right. Well, that's enough from me. We'll see you next week. Speak soon. <laughs>